welcome to Film Forums. I'm Richard Williams, the creator of this platform, a place dedicated to the filmmaking community. We interview members of the film industry to find out what it really takes to make a movie, bring a script to screen, or secure that acting role. If that sounds good to you, please subscribe to us on YouTube and follow us on your favourite podcasting platform so you can be the first to know when an episode drops. Hi there, welcome to Film Forums. My name is Aisha Zbeli and I have a very special guest with me today. Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Andrew Marcus, and I'm a composer, sound designer, mixer from Four Score and Seven Music in New York City. Fantastic. So how did you get into going into the film aspect of, of music? I uh, always loved movies and always loved music. And I think I was maybe in high school where I started to get very interested in instrumental music. Mm-hmm. And then in college, majored in music composition, and I would write for different kinds of instruments, basically whatever we had, string quartets and woodwinds and brass. And I became friends with all the musicians and they all played my music for me because I always wrote my music out neatly. <laughs> that was, I remember one time asking a, um, a flute player to do a piece I wrote and she said that she couldn't, she didn't have time, she was really busy. And she opened up the envelope and she said, oh, everything's so neat, oh, you have a schedule. Oh, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> and so being um, malleable and being organized is was a big help. I, I had a lot of interest in musical theater, which is a very American thing, and studied at the BMI Musical Theater Workshop, which is an audition-only program and graduated to the advanced level. And what I found was learning about musical theater made me a better film composer because I think in terms of story, everything's story driven, character driven, story driven. It's not about creating music that is um, the kind of music I wanna write, but the kind of music a film needs and what makes a story come alive. And I have a little, a little saying that uh, the purpose of music in a film is to make the story feel real, whatever that story is. And I always come from there. Where did your passion very much begin for music? Did your parents put you into music or was it something you gravitated towards yourself? Yeah, it started um, before I could even play an instrument. I would write songs and I'd build instruments out of wood and rubber bands and things and just sing songs and write songs without even knowing how to play anything. Mm-hmm. And so when I got my first, uh, first lesson on the piano at about 11, the first thing I did was write a song. And writing always, I would have trouble practicing the piano because whenever I would practice something, I'd make a mistake. And then I'd come up with some kind of thing of my own that I would, and I would go down that path. <laughs> so performing wasn't as big of a deal for me as writing was. It was, I, I really liked being um, the part and soul behind something uh, visual. Rather than being like in the in the limelight and the spotlight, I guess. In the sense. Yeah. 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 Exactly. But so can you sing as well? Obviously, if you're writing lyrics and things like that, do you ever produce anything yourself, or do you just always, you know, hand it over to someone? Well, I usually write instrumental music at at, at, at this point, but I would always. I'd always hand things over to other people. You know, one of the things in in developing a career as a composer before having a, 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 it be my my job, one thing I did was I was a teaching artist and I taught kids musical theater in New York City for many years. So I actually developed a decent voice by teaching kids to sing. 
So what's your approach when, because you were saying obviously that the, the narrative, the story is so important, you know, for you creating the music and making sure that the music is assisting to move the story along because music is such a huge part, such a crucial part of any film, in my opinion, I'm sure it's yours as well, um, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> for obvious reasons. But I do think that that's often, the sound production is the thing that falls down in a lot of indie films. You know, when you're approaching writing the music for the film, obviously you're inspired by the story, but do you also pull inspiration from other aspects of your life or other experiences and things like that? I probably, <laughs> but I tend to want to see the world through the eyes of the characters okay. and, and keep a distance. I scored a film many, many years ago. Like, I think it was 2011. It was called Video Girl. It had Megan Good, who's a pretty well-known yeah. actress. And it was her vehicle and Ruby, it was Ruby Dee's last movie. Mm -hmm. And when I was scoring that film, I, my kids were just born, my twins were just born and my, and business is sort of having a little bit of a dip. So it was all this pressure of that and having kids. And I, and there was a certain like maybe sadness or, or stress or something that made its way into the music okay. of that. So when I, if I hear that music, I, I go, I, I feel that way, but that's the only time I can think of having done a couple hundred things that I, I brought my, the way I was feeling at the moment into it. So do you want to talk to us, obviously you mentioned there, you know, a film that included Megan Good. What other projects have you been on and, and what type of involvement did you have? There was another film a few years ago called Lost Cat Corona, which was an indie dark comedy with Ralph Macchio. Uh, from the Karate Kid and now Cobra Kai, where he plays this uh, sort of pushover guy. He goes out on this adventure because his cat gets lost and he sort of f finds his passion in life and his, his bravado. And Ralph Macchio is uh, really good in it. He, he did, he's not the Karate Kid. He's not any of the other roles I've seen him in. And he was, he's just terrific in it. In April, something came out called Gravesend on Amazon Prime. It's a mob mini. It's a it's a limited series about a a young mob mobster who becomes a captain and his trials and tribulations. And that came out in April of this year on Amazon. That that was really good. And a film called Chronicles of a Serial Killer just got released in um, the beginning of October. That's on all of the digital platforms, and it has some great actors like Dominique Swain and um, James Russo. It's a psychological thriller. It's, it's, it's really good. And it was a project I got thrown into, not thrown into, that makes it sound like I didn't love every second of it. I loved every yeah. second of it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I got hired to mix it because the, it, there were problems with the, the quality control before distribution. Mm -hmm. And I was hired to remix it. And I just had this, even though I'd never met the director and we'd only had a couple of phone calls, I just had this feeling like, I know this guy. And I, I was a little bold and I, I wrote some music for it. And mm -hmm. I said, look, I think your movie's great, but the score you have isn't, it's not quite right for this film. I said, listen to this. I did this cue on my own time. This is what I think your film should sound like. And he said, okay, score it too. Wow. And yeah, and it was a yeah, really that's quite fun. a project to just stumble upon, you know, like well, put your way into, which is great. I mean, if you don't ask, you don't get. Well done. 
Yeah, yeah, you have to be pushy. It's not, that's not something that comes easy to me, actually. But, uh, you know, sometimes you just believe in something and you go with what you believe. And I, in this instance and others, I felt I could really make this, make this better. I can yeah. make something good, really good, or something great, a little greater. And it, it worked out very, very nicely. But obviously people who, for example, you know, a young musician, a young artist that really, like yourself, loves film and loves narrative storytelling. When you started out, I mean, how did how do you find work? Like, for example, as an actor, I know that I go to Spotlight or I go to Breakdowns or I go to mm-hmm. Actors Access or I go to Mandy.com or something like that. For mm-hmm. musicians, you know, where, where are your jobs? How do you come across them? Well, Mandy is a, something I haven't used in a while, but I, I did. There's mm-hmm. another service actually doesn't have that much stuff called um, Media Match. But I think meeting people has always been the best way. So for, you know, just for example, Lauren, I met Lauren McCann because she was at a friend's house, a mutual friend's house, a, an old friend of mine from, from, for 20 years. He was doing a reading of his pilot called How Am I Doing? Okay. And um, which has also been had a very similar life, like girl boxer on the mm-hmm. festival circuit. And we met at my friend's apartment. We're talking and she said, oh, I'm going to need music for my for my 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 film for my pilot. And we just kept in touch. And I don't think it was more than six months between the time we met and and started to, to do the to do the project. So do you um networking opportunities obviously that one you happen to you know share share a common friend and things like that but yeah. do you go to any networking events or film festivals or anything like that you know just to get to know yes filmmakers? Yeah, definitely uh, it's been what what's a shame a little bit of a shame was that it's it was for, for me it was a huge festival season I had six six projects in different film festivals and none of them really happened they happened virtually I probably could have taken advantage of that a little more in terms of some of the virtual events. But I think getting to know people in person is, is, is really the best way. And then, then you meet, sometimes you meet people. I had a, someone I worked with on dozens of projects and I would become his go-to person. So, so every composer wants to be somebody's go-to or a few people's go-to because, um, once you develop trust and a track record with people and they know that you're going to do the best that you could do every time, it's really a lot less of a headache for the filmmaker. There's a whole lot of hoops they don't have to jump through in finding someone. Yeah. Now, there's another controversial topic that I wanted to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. What's your take on, for example, working for free to begin your career so that you can build some kind of portfolio and get credits? Do you think that that's kind of a rite of passage or do you think that you should always be paid from the get-go whether you can it's a good question or not? I think that I've worked I've done a ton of things for free mm-hmm. I don't regret it sometimes you do a job for someone that doesn't have the money develop a bond a friendship mm-hmm. they can turn you on to other people they can recommend you I would rather get paid a little bit of money mm-hmm. and work for in a small window of time than not work for a small window of time. So I, I think if you're just starting out to work for free or to work for cost, or even if someone gives you a hundred bucks to do it and you can get a new plugin for your system, I think it's worth it. I know when I 
started acting I did all, a lot of free work as well mm-hmm. just to get a showreel because without a showreel you can't get paid work you know it's quite difficult yeah and I guess it's similar you would need some kind of reel as well to show what you've done previously um, yeah absolutely. after I'd done a few things and I had a showreel and I was starting to get some paid work I then was like okay I may accept other free projects but only if I love the the script and only if they can guarantee me an IMDb credit if I'm not mm-hmm. going to get an official credit and it's not going to go anywhere then I'm not one to do it you know what I mean because yeah. I want to make sure that I'm getting something valuable and then I would yeah. also be like okay how likely are they to go into film festivals am I going to get visibility from that mm-hmm. so I don't know if you went through a similar process as well you know with your music where you kind of ramped up the levels of what you were willing to yes. accept at which point in your career you know so in terms of girl boxer how did you come up with the score for that lauren was talking about the idea of a slip jig very irish and so that really is where it all started and i think i started with the fight scene where that kind of sound it's it's sort of it's like filmy rock. And that, the, the boxing scene at the end is my favorite. My second favorite scene is when the two brothers come to meet each other, uh, Jack Mulcahy and David Sittler. Jack is the, David Sittler's the one with the beard and yeah. Jack Mulcahy is the clean shaven guy. Jack That's comes in. Yeah, yeah. But, you, but you don't know that they, they have this sort of stone faced look at each other. We don't know their brothers. And they exchange this glance, there's this real tension when the doorbell knocks and there's an ominous tone. And then they hug and then there's this Irish pan flute mm-hmm. uh, and warm, warm feeling that, that comes through the music. It's probably even better than the fight scene because the fight scene's more, more obvious. But, but Lauren came from just this idea of the slip jig, this Irish folk music, and it needed to rock out a little bit. It's funny because it stuck out to me like so much, maybe because Scottish, Irish, you know, we have quite similar music, you know, but straight away I was like, hmm, I'm watching an American film, but this sounds Irish. Like it's straight away, <laughs> it definitely adds to their character. I think that you did a superb job there and like really bringing home who they are, you know what I mean? And where they're coming from, you mm-hmm. know? So what do you feel is next for you, you know, in terms of your career within film? Well, I'm starting a new project, rather a new program. With projects like Girl Boxer and How Am I Doing and, and several others, I noticed that I was working with really strong indie projects mm-hmm. that were often women-driven. Either, like in the case of Lauren and How Am I Doing was directed and produced by a woman. And there was a couple of other great festival projects like a, a, short called Always Written, directed, produced by, by women. And so I created something for my company called The Equity in Film. If, if someone who's a minority, a woman, or LG, LGBTQ director, producer, or writer wants to have their sound done, I review the film, not like a critical review, just uh, what needs to be done. Yeah. And then I basically do it for cost. That's amazing. And, That's so lovely to hear. Yeah, so basically any, you know, less represented groups. So does that include, you know, like ethnic minorities and things like mm-hmm. that as well? And that's Absolutely. Fabulous. Yeah, that's really nice to hear because it is yeah. hard for 
women and especially women of color. I'm North African myself. I know I have a Scottish accent, but I'm both. <laughs> it can be very difficult, I think, for for you to connect with the right people or, or to even yeah. get projects. And, you know, just really amazing to hear. So, where can people, you know, apply for that or find that? Um, it's on the website www.fourscoreandsevenmusic.com. Okay. It's the number four and the number seven and everything else is spelled out. Okay. And there's a, a page on the website called the Equity Film Program and it has the basically the application or questionnaire. And I just did a very short project called America Rise. It's, it's more of a, it's a very experimental film. It's only about six or seven minutes. I did that through the program. I'm about to start a, um, I, I guess it's a pilot or a proof of concept called Glass House which is a political drama, really, really okay. interested. Uh, in, sorry, interested, interesting story. I don't want to give away too much, but mm -hmm. I'm about to start on that. There's just so many awesome stories from the underrepresented voices. I completely agree with you. That's one thing that I'm focusing on as well within this podcast. I'm trying to make sure that, well, not just myself, but me and Richard, we both feel very strongly about making sure that there is representation. So we want you know, people of colour, we want people of all different backgrounds, whether it's LGBTQ or that they're a, a woman in film, you know, all these sorts of things. We want to increase visibility for the underrepresented as well as having in anyone, anyone else as well. You know, I mean, it's not that we want to exclude anyone else. Right. It's, it's true. The thing is, when you have, when you have underrepresented people, Mm -hmm. And you see the the different looking faces and the different skin color. They still have the human experience. That's the, we all have the same human experience. Uh, obviously, we have different human experience, but we all hurt. We all love. We all yeah. value family, community, mm -hmm. um, and so through the diversity, we find the thing that's in everybody. The things that are common in everybody. Is there anything coming out really soon that we could you know watch? Or and listen to and you know get into the basically the chronicles of a serial killer which is on demand and all the digital platforms and gravesend is on uh, amazon prime there's a, a really nice short i did called black and blue okay. that it's black and blue not okay. and but and and that's a i guess a 12 or 13 minute short it's about uh cops being blue and black americans being the black and that whole thing okay. that's on amazon prime also and there is one other thing I do. It's called Film Music Mentor. It's a YouTube channel. And I give um, stories and advice about how to use uh, music and film and how to avoid all kinds of issues like legal issues and common mistakes that, that people make with music and just to create a better dialogue between composers and filmmakers. And that's on, it's been on YouTube for a couple of years. If um, anyone's interested in learning about how to communicate better, how to find a composer, what questions to ask, the difference between a songwriter and a composer. There's a wealth of information. Fantastic, thank you so much for that. That's a great thing to hear and we'll definitely promote that alongside you know, this interview as well. Um, thank you so much. I, yeah, no, I think that's a fantastic wealth of information there for, for people who are coming up or, you know. And if you're coming up, just, just keep doing it. Meet people. Write music, fail, learn. It don't. I think the one thing for anybody who's creative, don't worry about achieving everything in your first project. 
You don't have to make the funniest, most dramatic, scariest political film ever in one one film. Let your career be a, a, a wealth of diverse projects and expressions. Don't worry about doing everything at once. <laughs>